Welcome to Focus Fire Chat. Explore together. Welcome back for the 14th installment of our Extra Lore series, recorded live on May 3rd, 2017 on Twitch.tv. Big shout out to the live chat here. Thank you so much for spending your evening with us. Our topic for this chat is going to be an exploration of Dungeons and Dragons, or to be more specific, the Forgotten Realms. This is your host, Blue Crew 86 Alongside me, we have the man who has started to really question the level of self-awareness of our bot collection, Justin Sane 0516 Justin, what are your thoughts on the topic tonight? California. Sorry, Blue. Couldn't hear you. Just get ready for a trip that's coming up. Wait, what? We're doing a podcast? Okay. 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 So, yeah. Um, my thoughts on this topic is that um, I thought when I looked at Blue's show notes, I was like, wow, this is really bare bones. I don't think there's a lot here. How do people play this for 20 hours at a time? And then Green said, oh, you silly little fool click on the mind map and I was literally like <laughs> and then I looked at the mind map so I'm really looking forward to learning some things about some stuff and also there's bits so it's all good tonight people will need to stick around I might I, I probably will put that on the after show <laughs> your 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 understanding of that (laughs) all right well mel is working while we're here playing around so be sure to let her know we miss her over on twitter at the wind of the stars and we also have our resident gunter extraordinaire green eye music lover green hope you're ready for the shenanigans what are your thoughts on the topic tonight uh i'm actually kind of in the same boat with justin tonight i've dm'd i've played a little bit but I have not read much of the lore or the books in it. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to learn some stuff. It's going to be cool. Opened the mind map and went, holy moly, I can't even zoom out far enough to make this whole thing fit on the page. It's and not still that bad. see what's on it. It's not that bad. It really is. <laughs> it really, First of really all, Blue, is. if anyone ever says it's not that bad, it is that bad. <laughs> It's funny, Blue, because all I can think while they're saying this is like, I wonder what it would look like if we made one of Planescape. I know. I'm like, this is this is this is literally the bare bones of the era of upheaval. I mean, but the good okay. So the good news about the mind map is I do recognize like four words on it. So yay! Yeah. <laughs> uh, let me Wait. see. Let me see if I recognize the same ones. Mind map. <laughs> Dungeons and dragons. That's yeah. fine. You fail. You fail. I'm good. Good. Well, Critical of, fumble. Of course, for these topics, we always want to make sure we have someone who is well versed in the lore. So, with that being said, I want to welcome back Damwell. Damo, how is everything going for you tonight? And can you fantastic? Us, and can you let us know where people can find you and what got you into the Forgotten Realm series? Um, at Damwell. Uh, on Twitter is probably the best place to get a hold of me. Um, and I got into Forgotten Realms way, way back in the AD&D era. I picked up the one of the Ed Greenwood books called Spellfire, and I was just completely blown away. Um, 
and I eventually found the big box set that most people have probably seen and fell in love. Nice. So you you got in with the Thacko. Oh yes, yeah. so oh, much Thacko. My. Wait, isn't that like first edition? No, second. Was second. Or is that AD&D? Second. Yeah, it was AD&D. A- no, AD&D is slightly different too, but yeah. Well, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to have to have you explain that to me because I've heard like multiple explanation, explanations of it, but I still don't get it. What, we can Thacko? do that in the after show. Yeah. It's, it's super bizarrely complicated for nobody. It really is. and check. Thacko teaches, teaches math. math. It's it's you know when your but it, teacher it actually teaches the math oh, you'll never use. Yeah, yeah. You know when your teacher told you that you'd use calculus in real life? They were talking about Thacko. What? So Weird. <laughs> Well, real quick before we get completely off topic, let's jump through the intro and then we will jump into Forgotten Realms. Before we start off the chat, however, I do have a few housekeeping notes. In our last Extra Lore episode, we discussed the Portal series. If you missed that and have any interest in hearing our thoughts, please be sure to check out www.focusfirechat for archives of all previous chats, as well as links to all our various other pages. If you don't mind, please give us some feedback on iTunes to let us know how we're doing and to help us continue to grow. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny and other games. With the Extra Lore series, we delve into a game series other than Destiny for a full month, giving the group a chance to get a feel for the other games that our community loves to play. We try to stream a recap of this month-long conversation in the first week of each month. Please be sure to also give some support to the other podcasts in the Guardian Radio Network found at theguardiansofdestiny.com. These include Guardian Radio, the official podcast for the Guardians of Destiny, Guardian One, Ghost and Echoes, which also has the Destiny audio grimoire, and the network's newest edition, a non-Destiny podcast, Paragon Radio. Our next extra lore is going to be a discussion on Titanfall, so be sure to jump into the Discord server and weigh in. With that, Damo, would you kindly start us off with a general summary of the information that we have about the Forgotten Realms? Well, Forgotten Realms, I think, is one of the more expansive parts of D&D, though it's not their mainline product. Um, Similar to Dragonlance, it's was created by a single guy, Ed Greenwood, uh, originally as a campaign setting for players, and then he wrote a bunch of novels. Um, and I th- I think that's a good place to start, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I, I mean, <clears throat> to kind of give some, I guess, f- breaking fourth wall history, though Forgotten Realms is weird, really kind of weird because it's not really breaking the fourth wall when you talk about the creation of it. Um, yeah. Because, like, so it's it's a really, really actually kind of fascinating concept. Uh, Greenwood, so it, it was created by a game designer who, whose name is Ed Greenwood, and it was actually created back in about 1967 as a setting for some childhood stories that he was actually kind of writing. Um, and then it actually, like, several years later, he was brought into and kind of was introduced to D&D, um, as a series of magazine articles was kind of how the the Forgotten Realms and Greenwood and D&D kind of got 
meshed up together. Um, and the first realms products were actually not released until 1987. So, I mean, 20 years after the, the forgotten realms were kind of conceived of, they were actually translated into D and D. Um, and the, the description of forgotten realms is, I'm just going to read the quote here. It's a world of strange lands, dangerous creatures, and mighty deities where magic and supernatural phenomena are quite real. The premise is that long ago, the earth and the world of the forgotten realms were more closely connected. As time passed, the inhabitants of planet Earth have mostly forgotten about the existence of that other world, hence the term Forgotten Realms. On the original Forgotten Realms logo, which was used until 2000, a small or small runic letters read, Herein lie the lost lands, which was an allusion to the connection between the two worlds. So, um, and that's the end of the quote. But that's what I mean, is like, there is this weird kind of like, mm, twisting of a meta fourth wall breaking aspect of forgotten realms in that greenwood actually presented it as as a um as a parallel not, it's not really a parallel but it was like another plane of existence that was neighboring our own um and like that like i was saying there that's that's where the name came from uh, yeah in chat they're talking about dragon magazine um so green i know you you have something Right. I do have something. So if I, okay. So what I do remember of the forgotten realms is that the world that a lot of the gods and and stuff were borrowed into the forgotten realms from our own world. So you could, if you wanted to, you could have raw in the forgotten Mm -hmm. realms universe, even though they have their own set of gods, which are completely different than what we're used to. Yeah, they you could use other gods. Right. Their their deities were um you had you had multiple pantheons really. Um so the it, I mean and then and then even within those pantheons themselves you have usually what's called uh tiers or well I guess I don't even know. Yeah, different criteria. Um and these were these were cut on a on a number of different criteria actually you had you know deities by alignment deities by domain which was kind of a akin to uh a portfolio and then power level uh so alignment you know most most people who are f- somewhat cognizant of D would be familiar with the alignment chart you have nine basic alignments ranging from and it's kind of like on a on an axis of lawful and chaotic and then good and evil. So you have lawful good, lawful neutral, lawful evil, and then you have neutral good, true neutral, neutral evil, and then you have chaotic good, chaotic neutral, and chaotic evil. Um, and that kind of covers the gradient of that individual's personality or even that deity's personality. Um, the domains, I'm not even going to try to list all the domains. Because there's tons. Basically, if it's in reality, or actually if it exists, it's a domain, kind of. Um, and then the powers, you usually... Uh, you usually So, like, the main, the main power ranking <clears throat> is, uh, I think it's greater, intermediate, lesser, and then demi-power, uh, which is basically like a demigod. Um, but these are all... These are all believed to come from Demo, correct me here, but they, they all come from Ao, right? The Overgod. Yeah. So he's kind of the 
the unmoved mover, I guess, of the Forgotten Realms universe. And so every pantheon comes from him ultimately, but and and he's actually he actually does get involved, especially later in the series, which I think we we might touch on real quick. But demo, I know you said you you got started with it back with uh, what was it, Spell Plague? Yeah, um, yeah, I think or, that was what it was called. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I think. Well, Spell Plague was Era of Upheaval. Sorry, that was it. That was no, yeah. Point. Trying to remember. I had the name. I had the name of it uh, a minute ago. It wasn't Shadowdale, oh, was it? Spellfire. Spellfire. Okay. 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 So you want to you want to run us through the kind of a, a kind of a summary of? Do you remember the summary of the first edition? I guess. Like the the original Forgotten yeah, Realms box yeah. set. It was, I mean, it was sort of unformed at that point, which was actually what I liked most about it is that it, it, that was the point in its history where like there wasn't no real big events had happened. Um, so it was just this big, huge, wide open world with these little pockets of ideas. Like you could do anything you wanted within Farron. Um, Cause you know, they had basically every fantasy trope and fantasy culture somewhere on that, on that spinning right. ball of mud. <laughs> So that that was that was the cool thing about that era it was it was just wide open, and it was it was interesting too for me like when we were <clears throat> when I was looking at like the the overarching timeline um, of Forgotten Realms like you know you we get introduced to well from a D and D perspective you kind of get introduced to the Forgotten Realms in eighty seven which was kind of the first first edition of D and D which was it was it was you know like Demo was saying it, it's pretty. <laughs> pretty pretty open there was not a lot to do like compared compared to the game that we have today with a fifth edition it was not a game really i don't even well and so then there wasn't there wasn't like a lot of things to do as far as um structure it was more more about the story and more about the imagination which was really kind of what led to the wild success that it was and then you get the second edition, which was, I think it was in 93. So we jumped from 87 to 93, and that's the second edition. Uh, and then we get uh, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons uh, in 90. Was it 93 that AD&D came out, or was it 96 that AD&D? It was 93. Okay. Um, and that was where we actually started to get, that's that's where you started to get a really 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 fleshed out um, presentation of Forgotten Realms, and, and and when I mean fleshed out, I mean compared to what it was. Uh, you're not gonna you don't you don't really see the explosion of material for Forgotten Realms until you get to the third edition, um, which is well, different people have different feelings about 3.0. Um, but you get, and I think D D and D officially took on fair forgotten realms as their kind of their, like their official primary world in 3.0. I th- yeah, I think, yeah. Cause that was when they finally stopped trying to make it Greyhawk, which nobody even knows about. <laughs> <laughs> Great. That's not true. I saw Greyhawk mentioned in chat. <laughs> Yeah, Someone pins. knows. Pins pin, pin, yeah, uh-huh. pins. Uh, Forgotten Realms was, I think technically it was after Greyhawk. They were, they, 
They were they, yeah, it came out after Greyhawk, but it they they were definitely still so both supported heavily in second edition, right? And I right. think they even made a push at Greyhawk once during third. If I'm yeah, not wrong. they did, and I have that book, I, and I I'll be honest, I never opened it. I have no problems with Greyhawk. I adore Greyhawk, but like nobody knows about it. Like you can go to you can go to like RPGA part areas, and like people are like never heard of it. <laughs> It was, it was, um, in, in, so what was that, Justin? No, I was just, I was going to ask a, a quick question. So uh, I'm just trying to catch up here. You might have already said this and I might be way behind here. So the Forgotten Realms were created by AO. Um. Yeah. Ao spawned the two deities, the the darkness and the light. Which uh, the darkness was Shar, and the light was what's the the name? Sharun or something like that. It has a U in it. Sounds right. So it must be right. Okay, no, it's not, and then I don't think it's right. <laughs> it's like the D and D. It's it's like the D and D equivalent of the Big Bang Theory almost. But instead of coming out of it, you got all these worlds of life. You got two. Um, polarized deities, um, one for darkness, one for life, and then one for light, and then um, everything kind of sprung from there. Um, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you, and I'm gonna blow your mind. Even though there was a mind. deity for darkness and dark, one for light, there was no sun. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> I actually I actually can kind of get with that a little bit. It kind of makes a little bit of sense um, because, well. I'll let you guys okay. don't keep riffing. I just wanted to I just wanted to understand that like the the D D Forgotten Realms world has somewhat of a big bang event instigated by AO. It's well kind of in in a part of the thing we'll talk about later, uh it, it actually comes to be known that AO is just another like aspect of his own pantheon. Like yeah, there's, wait, oh my God, there's gods so all the way up. So like, even though AO is like the big King Kahuna of yeah. the, the gods, he's just, he's just another cog in a bigger machine it's, too. It's like the uh, men in black thing with the aliens playing marbles with the universes. Yeah. Basically That's actually a thing, isn't it? It's, Wasn't it's a Greyhawk. That, well, it's a definitely in Forgotten Realms. Yeah, it's um, in Forgotten Realms. I'm not as familiar with the co- cosmology of Greyhawk. Um, but that's that's it, one of the things that Spelf Plague completely screwed up was yeah was the cosmology. Um, but yeah, Justin, to really quick go back, uh, Ao Lord Ao did create Faerun. Oh, he was a lord. Was there an E? Or, or was, well, it, no, was it was he no. technically he created no. Abertoral, didn't he? Yeah, he was straight up Sorry. Elis Lord. Okay. So. Toral is, or a beer Toral is the planetoid upon which Faerun exists, which suspiciously looks like Earth. Yeah. Oh well, I mean, yeah, and there's there's a reason Gosh. for that as well. There's there's a there. They, it was pretty well thought out. Like the 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 lot the, the the story of why the similarities kind of exist between the worlds was actually pretty well thought out. And it was because, again, remember, Forgotten Realms used the the planet... Damn, isn't that right? Abir Toral was... Yeah. Was the... Was it kind of like a neighboring mirror of Earth? 
Yeah. And the, <clears throat> and then it drifted away and was forgotten. And hence hence the name Forgotten Realms. But that's also where you get the the concept of the very similar um, structure to Earth for the for the planet Abir Toril. And Abir Toril 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 Toril. I don't know. Anyway, um, I think I said it right. <laughs> anyways, that's the planet upon one of the, one of the continents is Faerun. And so and Faerun as a continent is actually pretty much a supercontinent. Like it's massive. Um and there are other continents. I think I have them listed out on the mind map real quick. Cuz we have yeah, we have Faerun uh and then there's uh just real quick there's Zakhara, Karatur, uh there's a place actually well we'll get to that in just a second. It was Mastica originally, but then it was um something like there was something that happened in Spell Plague and that destroyed it. Um and then Ankarome, Katak uh Katashaka, and then I think it's Asa. Is it Asa or Aussie? I never really figured I that out. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oh god. Um <laughs> basically what happened with Mazatec, and this is this is kind of in line with what happened with Torel and Earth. Um Abir Torel was the original planet. Uh and then at a certain point, um they got separated. Uh they literally got ripped apart. Uh and this was I think was that part of the spell plague? Am I remember that correctly? Or was the spell because the second sundering was the the returning of them. Uh, yeah. but but uh the the two planets got actually ripped apart. And then uh AO as part of and this was this was an event that they actually used to explain the change from fourth edition D D to or the second sundering was the fourth edition to fifth edition D D. Um every every edition change has brought about, you know, some pretty significant rule changes, obviously. And the way that they actually continue the story within the game is they explain this by basically really big cataclysmic, you know, almost apocalypse-like events um, in which gods are dethroned. And you know, Damo will probably go off on a little bit on that one. Um, there's a there's an entire era that's uh, the time of troubles, or not an era, but there is a segment of. <laughs> The era of upheaval. It was kind of an era. <laughs> it was a short was, one, but it was, it was an era. Big mess. Um, but there's, there's, and that's how they explain the 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 progression from like second edition to third edition. Uh, third edition to fourth edition was, I think, third edition to fourth edition was the spell plague. It and, was, and then fourth edition to fifth edition is what's known as the second sundering, which is when basically Ao was like, okay, you guys were done. We're gonna smash everything back together, and yeah, chat okay. rip rip mask. Um, I always wondered if Ed, if Ed Greenwood or whoever's in charge of all of this was a DC fan because it really mirrors the crises. Oh it, yeah, yeah. Actually, now that you say that, that it really does. But anyway, so Abir Toril um, were separated, and then when they were merged back together, there was actually a continent that got. Uh, metaphysically smashed on top of another continent and replaced it. And so now in the fifth edition, uh, forgotten realms, you actually have displaced individuals from another planet living on this new planet. And it's a huge, 
actually a big issue with them. So, but in, in regards to the, the comment about it being similar, that's kind of what happened with, uh, Toriel and earth was that was, they weren't, they weren't as violently separated, but they were kind of mirrors of one another. I'm sure okay, that did so, not that didn't answer anything, but um, all right. I feel like that's I'm, how this is whole this whole thing's gonna go. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so I'm gonna try to do some directing questions a little bit. Oops. I know that fourth edition was the appearance of the dragonborn race. Is there is every kind of new appearance of new races and everything explained in the story? Because um, that one came out of the blue for me. The I know no. When you say dragonborn, one. what do you mean? Because I mean uh, we had we had half dragons, right? But there wasn't a playable race until fourth edition. Well, you could play them in three point five. Okay, three point five. You could do anything. I know that's the whole point that's, of three point five. That's what I loved about three point five. <laughs> and we for, we and we forgive you for liking three point five. <laughs> <sighs> As somebody who okay, when I got into D and D, oh my god! It, oh yeah, when I got into oh god, yeah, I still remember going to an RPA GA event, sitting down at a table, expecting to have some fun, and like this like level seven character was critting twice a turn on an on a eleven up, and I was just like, I just kind of like grabbed my character sheet, and my beer got up and left. <laughs> it's yeah. like I'm done. It's too easy to break it. <laughs> Yeah, no. Okay. Or so. like everybody's favorite party member, the the uh, the barbarian class that oh. had to eat magic to continue going. Like they literally oh, had to eat magic yes. items, so the the class was designed basically to ruin the game for everybody else <laughs> in your party because you were this magic hating, super berserking barbarian, and like you'd find a cache of swords <laughs> and you'd be like, "Sweet, we're all armed now!" And angry Larry in the back's like, "We're what?" <laughs> That's dinner for me. <laughs> and the party's like, but we could use these. And he's like, no, I got it. I got to eat these guys. And if you said no, he just raged down and killed you. But anyway. Oh my goodness. Why would they make that a mechanic? That sounds awful. Because magic yeah. got really powerful really fast. No, I think it was intended to be. So I think that's one of those things where somebody looked at it from just a flavor perspective. And they're like, this is going to be really cool. And then a group of <laughs> rules lawyers got their hands on it. And it was like, this is an awful idea. I mean, I get the idea of wanting it to have a flaw within the character, but that's that's not that's not a flaw within the character. That's a flaw within the party. Yeah, it doesn't make a party. That's like that's like making like Death Race three thousand the game, and then like having the negotiator class or something. <laughs> like <laughs> that dude over there is ruining everything for everybody. Why is this in the game? <laughs> oh my. Bjorn, yep, that was the that was the thing. Um, so yeah, I guess I I guess then yes, there was there there's always been an explanation. <clears throat> Whenever they add a new thing, they usually have at least like a token effort to explain where the thing came from. Um, and and it should be noted, much of the races actually ended up being exported into other things because they came right. about. Yeah, like the drow. Uh, the drow, the tieflings. Yep. 
Uh, Goliaths were started there too. Or were those Eberron? I can't. Uh, that might be Eberron. Those might be Eberron. I, okay, so why are. Okay, there were Elendrin. Yes. And High Elves. Yes. <clears throat> okay, and then no. there's like the Drow. And the Drow. And Moon Elves. So. Moon Elves? Oh, Moon yeah. Elves were so Moon cool. Elf? Moon Elves were yep. awesome. A Moon Elf? Yeah. The moon Swords? Yeah. Like, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah boy. You got to help me out here, guys. got to help me out here. Is this an elf that draws its power from the moon, or is this an elf from the moon? Because I really want this to be an elf <laughs> from Actually, the you're moon. Looking, you're looking for Dragonlance, my friend. <laughs> because that is literally a thing. There are elves. See you guys. I forgot. See you guys in an hour. That. See you guys in an hour. <laughs> oh man yeah moon elves were oh god i just remember moon elves because of the that whole lights. that whole original book trilogy was freaking awesome yeah was that the um i do not remember the name of it was that the one with the werewolf yes okay okay uh the tap tap no oh god no i remember it. i he was an actor, but he was like a noble and he got I bitten by so. a werewolf. Yeah. yeah. And then what's his face was he showed back up in your favorite Drow's story too. Oh, Drist. I know That's that not one. My favorite Drow. I know that one. <laughs> I know that one because they made a board game out of it. They made everything out of it. I think they made is. whole computer games out <laughs> of it. Um, so I'm, I'm a little confused. And okay. This is just something y'all are gonna have to get used to tonight. Um, we are. Okay. So, so. <laughs> all right. All right. That's. I'll let that one slide. <laughs> a little. I was a little on the. A little on the harsh side there, Demo. But that's your personality. So. Um, no. Okay. So. You know, we have the whole cre- the creation event happens, and then it kind of it kind of helps to seed life in. Um, can it help me, Tariel? Yeah, Tariel. which is sure. pretty much a, it's pretty much an Earth model. When we're talking about realms within this within this uh, cosmological model, um, are they separate worlds, or are we talking about? different planes or are we talking Both. about geographical yes. places on the same planetoid? What, yes. what, yeah, what, yeah. Yes. I, mean, the answer, I, yes. I feel like, I feel like you think you answered me Damo, but I feel like you didn't. <laughs> but there's okay. So you, there's multiple ways to get to different planes right. or different realms. Like, but what he's asking is, is there all of these things? And yeah. Or when we say worlds, we could be referring okay. to any of those. Right. Okay. But do they, do they all, Okay. Do they all exist They're, within the same temporal space? Not at the same. Uh, plane. The well, no, because there's planes. Well, planes are sort of neighboring things, so they don't exist in the same space. Okay, I guess what I'm trying to ask is: Are there different planets on the same plane? Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. I'm trying to get Spelljammer to. says yes. Uh, okay. Good. Spelljammer like was their sci fantasy setting, so you was, actually had like magic spaceships and it was so confusing. Oh, cool! It was so good though, like the magic <laughs> school bus. <laughs> I'll think more like 
space age piracy, like <laughs> magical piracy, basically is what that system was. Oh, you flew space boats cool. around and pirated off of other space boats. Yeah, it's like Firefly so with magic. Yeah. Mm. It was it was pretty fantastic. Blue's that doesn't right. sound like something Mal would like. And we ignored an oh. awful lot of the rules for that one. <laughs> <laughs> that like different supplements had different amounts of like real rules interaction and just sort of this is a cool idea, so we're gonna take what we like. Spelljammer was pretty high up there. Their kingdom simulator one was probably the highest. Because also, it kind of sounds like a Walkman for wizards, right? <laughs> it's, I'm not. I'm not going to engage. I'm, I'm not, not going to engage. <laughs> uh, <Nice>. So, <laughs> so yeah, Justin. Back back to the the seeding process. Um, so what happened was Toril got created, and then there were there were basically this <clears throat> kind of argues argument back and forth here. But there's anywhere from five to six what's called creator races. Um, you had the you basically had uh, the Saruk, the Fey, the Batarachi, the Ari, and then humans, and then um, arguably dragons were in there, but uh, it depends on which which version of the game you're going with on that one but um each of these each of the creator races at one point in time really actually came into power and and really controlled and forged their own empire um no the notable one here is the fey which actually arguably still has an empire um because they actually existed in the fey wild which is not in the same well, wasn't in the same space as Torrell, uh, but the others did. And so currently, in in current game time, the humans are now kind of the the power powerhouse of the creator races. Um, but so those were those were the original. Every every species basically in the Forgotten Realms universe, in some way kind of comes from the creator races either comes from the creator races or one of the deities themselves um because you have humans weren't humans actually kind of ported over from the real world yes humans were brought in from earth basically okay and there's the feywild but the feywild is broken up into different parts or the fey isn't there like an underdark version and yeah, there's the uh, the Sealy and the Unsealy, I think. Damo, is that? Do you know the yep. Feywild? I think it's yeah, so it's, it's similar it, to for, the actual. It yes, mirrors our our world's Fey. That's yeah. the intention is that it's the explanation of that because there's um, Oberon and Titiana and all of the. All the named the figures that you probably know from like mm-hmm. different different works in our world, there are technically NPCs in the Feywild that that reflect them. But yeah, uh, part of the <clears throat> part of the second sundering and breaking that happened with the Spell Plague actually wrenched the Feywild, I think, into the same reality 
as Toril. So now they're kind of, hey, we're here. <laughs> so it's no, it's no longer that they're able to hide <clears throat> as easily as they used to. If I remember right, in fifth edition, they're they're much more prevalent in there. Do we want to go over some of the? more i guess common gods within the realm um we could what i was actually gonna what i was gonna actually talk about a little bit was the concept of classes for anyone who hasn't you know maybe who maybe haven't um you know if you haven't ever played a role-playing game really uh hunter is the best wrong um (laughs) i have my book oh my god this this. is this is gonna get (laughs) Demo, depending on which side of the, the spectrum you align with, this could get interesting. First of all, is there is there a hunter? Uh, kind of. Kind Ranger. of? Ranger. What's his name? What's he called? Ranger? Well, but I, mean, I like it, it. My favorite baseball team, Rangers. But Hunters. it depends on what you, like what you align with with a hunter. Because, I mean, like a rogue could technically be a hunter. Well, I mean, true. so could fighter. But if you're looking for something that sort of oh, I see is the closest. Yeah, like, kind of. Mm-hmm. I hate Rangers. I've, Why? I, I've never liked wielders. I've never liked the weird. I like everything about um, rangers except the weird nature magic they always tack on. I always feel like it's just yeah. my understanding was bad. they were always meant to be like the equivalent of a paladin for the druid cleric. Kind of, yeah. But okay, so <clears throat> real quick, base base classes. We'll just stick with base classes because I'm I'm not. I, oh god, I'm not going into the Oriental Adventures or the Unearthed Arcana because it just gets really weird. Um, base classes generally um, your your traditional fighters, uh, which are usually paladins and rangers, and then fighter. Um, then you have the the ever famous bard. Everyone loves their bards. I know. I know. Damo mm-hmm. probably has strong feelings about bards. <laughs> I don't uh, I don't know many people who don't have strong feelings about bards. Um and then you have your clerics uh and your druids which are kind of this kind of similar there. Um and then you have monks and then you have a thief which is often called a rogue. And then your magic u- your your predominant magic users are generally going to be called wizards or sorcerers. I think in 5th edition it's warlocks but it warlocks are sorcerers too is it fourth edition nope. too there's sorcerers and warlocks right i'm sorry but they replaced the wizards with warlocks no, wizards no. Are still there i'm not a magic user warlocks so I don't. are uh they're not control anymore they're more of kind of the attack oh so they machine. so is are they a, are they a third magic user class that got introduced basically in fourth edition they were okay. yeah yeah, I don't play magic users. They're way I I'll play I play rogues who use magic, but I don't have to pay all did the prices. Mean, did you mention warlords? No, cuz I don't I don't see and that's the thing is like um I really predominantly played 3.5. I just recently started playing 5e. Uh, Mm -hmm. so I'm not really familiar with the fourth and fifth edition base classes as much as I'm very familiar with 3.5 base classes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, warlord is like a fighter. It's like a paladin version of a fighter. 
Okay, so it's just the more militant paladin. Mm-hmm. Okay, so well, just to run through them real fast, uh, a bard is your singer. Uh, so they're basically support classes, um, and that's kind of all they do. Uh, they they annoy the living crap out of everybody. They're the mouthpiece. Oh my gosh, bards! Um, and then you have clerics, which are kind of, I mean, they're kind of priests. That's kind of what they are in the game. But they're also very, um, very militant. They're very able. They're able, usually able to take care of themselves. Uh, a cleric is, and, and well, and then to kind of take a step to the side, just real quick, there are two types of, or well, there's two broad types of magic. There's a type of magic called arcane and a type of magic called divine. Roughly. Even in that, there are divisions in the magic beyond. But really, honestly, there's two kind of origin sources of magic. Clerics are going to be your divine. They they actually... And the, and the distinction here with most magic is divine stems from a deity or a a external source um, such as a deity or something sentient like that whereas arcane magic is more within you within you know the the world the life force of the world stuff like that um, so your cleric is going to be a divine magic caster they basically are the I hate using the word but it's kind of an avatar of their their deity. Um, the reason I hate using that is because avatar in D and D actually means something really big. Uh, but then you have, uh, your Druid, which is tree huggers. I don't know. I don't Druids and me. I don't there. Okay. So there's the, the religious magic and then there's the nature based magic and Druids use nature based magic. Okay. So they're they're the same as the cleric except for that distinction, and they Basically. can't wear metal stuff, so and they can shape shift. They're just annoying. Um, they're pretty awesome. Oh, I hate you. Uh, anyways, fighters. Not Genosi though. What's that? I said they're not Genosi though. Oh yeah, that's that's very true. Um, so fighters are exactly that. <laughs> They're fighters like they're they're going to be they're not the bar. Oh, barbarians is the other base class. I forgot. Um, So your barbarians are like your your rage, you know, those the guys that go into berserker rage. Um, A fighter is the same alignment as far as skill sets, but they're much more methodical and much more usually aware of what's going on around them. They also can actually wear armor. Um and then that kind of leads us to the paladin, which is basically the fighter version of the cleric. Uh, so again, this is a magic using fighter, but this is divine magic, not arcane magic. Um, warrior priest. Yeah, there you go. Warrior priest. And then you have rangers, which are almost as annoying as paladins. Uh they do. That's the only thing they do. They got two weapons. Okay, I'm. I'm sorry. I'm. I okay. I should have prefaced this whole thing. I should have prefaced this whole thing. I play rogues, so <laughs> pretty so much. You get, you get pooped on most of the time. 
Yeah, but I, I can, I'm, I'm like, if it's not combat, I'm usually the, I, my characters are usually the ones that take care of everything because we're skill monkeys. Right. That's what rogues do. Well, yeah, that's about it. Yep. As soon as you get in combat, you have to hide. If you get in combat and you're a rogue, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. I mean, it just, that's, that's my advice. If you're playing a rogue, if you're in combat, you've done something terribly, terribly wrong and you should really reevaluate your class choice. But anyways, uh, rangers. Yes, you get two. You get two weapons at the same time. Hurrah! You're you're also the what the paladin is to the cleric, a ranger is to a druid. Kind of. That's the progression there. Um, your magic users again. You got war, uh, wizard, which is arcane magic. They focus on arcane magic. Um, and they are different from sorcerers who are also arcane magic in that a sorcerer, um, a sorcerer is someone that naturally understands magic, uh, the way that they explain things. I'm sorry, chat. That is not an insult because kinders are amazing. Um, Sorcerers uh, run arcane magic basically through them. And the way they explain this is uh, arcane magic users within the game and demo, correct me here if I'm wrong, if this is still if this is not the case any longer. But in third edition, the way they explained arcane magic users was that they actually had a a degree of drag draconic heritage yeah. to them. Yep. Is that still the. There's that's an option now. There's other oh, okay. options too. They have yeah, options. It doesn't have to be. Okay. So um so there you go. There's now you now can optionally be a draconic heritage or not. Um the prime difference between a wizard and a sorcerer is a wizard has to do has to prepare spells, whereas a sorcerer has all their spells memorized. Um the uh the wizard will have usually more spells, but the sorcerer's spells are generally a little bit more powerful. Sorcerer's spells are, well, in some ways. I think the wizard spells hit harder or are more useful in some ways, but the sorcerer has more tricks in his bag. Yeah. Um, and then warlock, I, I'm not familiar with warlock. Warlock is another name for sorcerer in fourth edition. Okay. So it's just a, it's kind of a variant. Is that how they got around the draconic heritage? Uh, yeah, basically okay. it's. Yeah. Cool. And They're then strikers. All right. And then we have the monk, which is awesome. I don't know. I like monks. Um, they're pretty much well in in current edition and fifth edition they actually do have a degree of supernatural power they can channel what's their key um they kind of had that in third edition but not nearly to the level that they do now um but monks are basically close combat you know close quarter combat hand-to-hand combat specialists uh and then you get the thief the rogue who's amazing and the best class ever the end now the rogues the rogues tend to be uh skill monkeys uh what i mean by that is a rogue 
usually you don't build rogues to be in combat. Uh, most of the other classes you can kind of build with the intent of being able to take a couple hits. Um, a rogue really is not meant to be in combat. They are meant to be, if they're in combat, it's merely to deal severe damage with one or two strikes from what's called their sneak attack ability. Um, but the predominant use of rogues is actually outside of combat. They're usually the ones that, oh, there's a trap. They, they, they find the trap and then they disarm the trap. Uh, if there's anything that you have to get into that's locked, the rogue is going to be the person to do that. Um, generally you can also, you can also build rogues to be more charismatic. Um, you can build rogues to be more, you know, dexterous. Uh, they're, they're really kind of fluid as far as that with the consistent base, the consistent base of they are not generally going to be the best combat class. Whereas the other ones, you the other classes, you can you can kind of fudge it so that the other classes are pretty decent in combat. Rogues, I've seen one or two builds that do pretty well in combat, but it's not common for rogues. Um, I'm trying to think, did I forget anybody? I don't think I did. Oh, the scions, but we don't talk about them. Oh, that's okay. Why? How did they explain that having the psychic powers? Because I know that's not generally a thing. Uh, I honestly don't know because I didn't even pay attention to them. Um, scion. God, I remember them introducing this, and it was like they're they're like so they're they're very similar to like the. Uh, is it Ilthiads? The Ilithids. Ilithids. The Squidheads. Cthulhu's. Yep. Um, um, go on. No. Oh, God. Ilithids are terrifying. Um, but they. Do you they need like, to look up when you walk into a room that they're in? No, they're humanoid, but they do levitate. So, yes. Looking up would probably. You wouldn't wor- see them. That's anyways. actually worse. Yeah, you, you wouldn't see them anyways because they're in the underdark, which there's no light at all. So. Is not- that like the upside down? Uh, no. The upside down is actually a different. <laughs> is a Shadowdale. Isn't the upside down Shadowdale? Damn Um, Shadowlands, yeah. Shadowlands, sorry. Um, okay. Yeah, Psionics, I don't. I know that they did explain it. But I don't remember. I don't remember. I, yeah, I don't remember what it was. Some <laughs> I just ignored psionics. I'll be completely honest. an element. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much everybody did. Past, they didn't make it past third edition, though, did they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, did they, they were in fourth. I thought they were yeah. in fourth. Fourth, they were really interesting. They were. Fourth they had this amazing. whole separate resource, this power pool that you could use to like enhance abilities. So they was played a lot a, differently. Oh, they okay, that's right, because so they clumped the that? monks. They clumped monks into psionics. Oh, yep. got it. Because that's the where the key. Too. Yeah. yeah. Did you literally just say the phrase, they clunk the monks? Clump. Clump the monks as a psionic. Oh, clump. Got it. So clump other, the monks. Yeah. No, and no, that's Green-Eyed will play GURPS for that. Okay. Yes, I will play oh, groups for any sci- psychic characters. I literally feel like you're making words up at this point. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> not. GURPS was a better. Okay, 
I'm gonna have a fight is with it, you over this. I'm gonna wait, okay, with this. can I ask you the question? If you're in the grocery store, are the GURPS near the bog no? <laughs> and how far do I have to go to get to the Speggy and Marbles? They're better they're closer to the 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 strawwies, but Mark. you can find them. Okay. Mark. Sorry. Sorry. Continue. Bacon double cheeseburger. <laughs> but uh, I, GURPS, GURPS did a pretty, I think, a good job of explaining and like making the psionics make sense in the rules. Yeah, but GURPS but wasn't wasn't GURPS basically designed to be implemented in any single RPG? Exactly. It was okay. A, it was I mean, more, that, that's uh, right. It was base it's, twenty. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> but it was a base twenty version that was a simplified three point five. But not the same company. That almost doesn't make sense. How did what? A simplified so, okay. three point five. It's a simplified version of what is this Pathfinder? D and D three point five. It's kind of like Pathfinder. Yeah, it's it's got some very similar <laughs> I heard, aspects. To I it. heard demo that there. Oh <laughs> uh, no, Pathfinder was fun until they ran into the same problem three point five did. Hmm. Um, so back classes real quick. I think that was all the classes. I think that, or all the base classes. That's by no means all the classes. There's so Um, many different versions. Let me see real quick. Because you got barbarian, you got bard, cleric, druid, fighter, monk, paladin, ranger, rogue, sorcerer, warlock, wizard. Yep. Cool. So, yeah, and then um, classes, that's kind of the base. about the races? Yeah, oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> base races. Oh, man, I, I'm terrible with this because I really only play humans or wild elves. Uh what are even are the what are the base races in five E now? Because I know they simplified that a little bit. Uh, I don't know for five E. Demo, do you know? I have four E here. Um, and I know they changed it again for five E for some of them. Yeah, I mean it's got the standards: gnomes, dwarves. I think it's got two different elves. Mm-hmm. They have. Uh, five wood e elf, has, high elf. yeah. I was about to say they have wood elf and high elf because I play wood and uh, Kashin plays a high elf, and I make fun of her all the time. Which that's pretty normal. Isn't uh, yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would have made fun of uh, you for playing a high elf, regardless of who you are, because high elves are they just need to go away. But they're I, so my, snooty. Yeah, my bi- my bias against high elves completely comes from Elder Scrolls, so. <laughs> just just realize that sense. like <laughs> the Altmer freaking Altmer mm-hmm. um, um, mine might come from some Tolkien <laughs> <laughs> fair enough fine fair enough. get on your boat go <laughs> go fine leave I don't care anyways I'm gonna Not stay here I'm gonna well the ones that matter green Galadriel <laughs> She was a high elf, wasn't she? Yeah, but she's a little psycho. She made us look in her pool, and then she went all like, hey. um, 
Sometimes I worry about you. Um, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So, Justin, I have a race that you would, you would, I think you would enjoy. Oh God! You could play basically a a walking humanoid dragon called Dragonborn. Oh God, that would be terrible. So, is there like a place to buy these things? <laughs> Is there, is there, what do you buy? Do you buy a book, a board? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you get? Yes. Uh, yeah. So you buy, well, Green, you want to, you want to talk about that? Uh, generally for, there's, okay, we've been talking about multiple editions and they're just updates to the rules. And there are a trio of books that most people will buy. It has the uh, Dungeon Master's Guide. The player handbook, which is really the only book that you need if you're not planning on running your own game. And then the uh, monster manual. And each of these books has an immense amount of information explaining in the Dungeons Master Guide how to actually run a game, how to set up settings. It teaches you how to storytell. The player handbook gives you all the races and the classes and how those guys will progress through the levels. And the monster manual will actually give you a huge amount of monsters to choose from to build those encounters off of. But those are the main three. And then there's always extended kind of books that help with storytelling or help with extra types of classes and different builds and all sorts of stuff. But you take those books and you create a mindscape. You create a story with the dungeon master. And you all play around what used to be a mat or a board, depending on who had it. And you would have little characters you'd move around and it's like playing a war game. But 5e kind of did away with that where you do it all in your head. And it's just a basically a giant game of improv. You can still play on a mat, can't you? We do. You can. You can. But you they made it to where you can actually play without the mat now in 5e. Oh, how do you do? Uh, how do you do combat? How do you do combat? Yeah, I, I've, I've not done it that way. Because we use, we use roll twenty, and then like if we're in, like whenever, <clears throat> if we're in person, I usually will use a mat. But like right now, most of us are kind of in different areas geographically, so we all use roll twenty, which is a digital mat. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen, oh, what is that? What is that? Critical, not critical role. Critical role kind of does it too. But uh, the one that, gosh, I cannot think of his name. They always do it at E3. It's a TV show-ish type thing. Will Wheaton was on it for a little while. And then I'll, I'm going to look it up. Okay. Somebody else talk for a second. Well, you asked about races. So I pulled up fifth edition. Um, The current races that are in the default races are going to be dwarves, elves, halflings, humans. Don't play halflings. Humans, dragonborn. Oh, we got fight. Oh, God. Really? Really, Damo? Really? Are there gelflings? Gnomes. (laughs) Gnomes. Half elves, half orcs, and tieflings. (laughs) God. Really? Halflings? Halflings are awesome. You oh my off. gosh. <laughs> Talking about being a rogue, you're not going to pick a halfling? No, how, I play, I play what's wood elves. What's wrong with you? Wood elves. How, how different is halfling from kinder? 
Uh, um, in, in Kren, they're not that different, actually. Yeah, I think it's more of like a. It's really more of a person. Kinder are more kleptomaniac. It they're okay. they're actually the result of a kind of a malfunction which split them off kind of in a mutant way from dwarves <laughs> or from half. No, it's are is so it so funny? Is it the halfling was the original? I can't. Or was yeah, it dwarves? I think it's I think it's halflings were original, and then yeah, and then they got split. Like their stubborn natures got split into dwarves, and their curious <laughs> natures got split into gnomes. <laughs> or, yeah, Wait, I thought dwarves or, were there first. Okay, like, it was, was, well, nobody. I I don't. Everybody has their own opinion on it. Uh huh. <laughs> they all acknowledge that it happened because the thing that caused them to split off still exists, but right. nobody acknowledges who is first. Like except like so like the I think the halflings think it was them, and the dwarves thinks it was them, and the kinder don't care. <laughs> the kinder, the, the kinder are the ones that are just like whatever. <laughs> This is awesome. <laughs> I love Kinder. They yeah. uh, halflings are just, uh, they just get in trouble so much. <laughs> well, th- those are formative years, Blue. No. I mean, no. Halflings expect? are like, halflings are the ones that like you deliberately tell some, like, I mean, and Kinder, Kinder will do it too, but Kinder do it and like, they play it off like a prank. Halfling is like dead serious when they do it. Like, no, no, we can do this. It's like, no, you really can't. No, we can do this. It's like, you're going to die. Kinder is the kid in the classroom who doesn't actually know better. Yeah, yeah. And just sort of adorable enough to pull it off. Yeah, yeah. They're the cute ones. They're the ones that get away with it every time because they have that cheesy grin. So I'm a Kinder. Yes. Oh, yeah! Penn says in current, both dwarves and kinder used to be gnomes. Okay. So gnomes, I think. That ex- that oh, right, because the gnomes made the machine. Yeah, that's right. That's right. The gnomes did make the machine. That's right. Because that makes sense, given that they're gnomes. Um, okay, so dwarves. Um, yeah, dwarves are dwarves. I don't know. Like, they're they're your stereotypical dwarves. They're your, yeah. Uh, they it's like, like a Tolkien dwarf, right? I mean, pretty much. Uh, yeah, kind of. I mean, yes. can you tell the men from the women? Yeah, generally, yes. yes. In Forgotten Depends Realms, on how you, you want to play it. <laughs> if you want to play with a beard and you're a girl, you can totally do that. Yeah, yeah. that's what um, Gimli said. <laughs> mm-hmm. God. Okay, and then you anyway. have elves. You have elves, which you know, in fifth edition, they've kind of reduced the split back to mainly two. Uh, you have high elves and wood elves. I'm assuming that they're going to be reintroducing the other sub races because I'm. Don't they have drow? Elves and stuff. Yeah, drow was technically part of them originally, weren't they? Oh, dra- yeah, Before. drow is always. I mean, in third. I mean, in third edition, you had. Jeez, you had like twenty different types of elves. Right. Um. So, but playable right now in five e, which is fifth edition, you have the moon or not the moon elf. God damn Um, I blame you for that. You have the high <laughs> elf, high elf, and the wild elf. Uh, high elves are generally your um your hoity toity elves, and wild elves are kind of the the more stereotypical elf. Uh, that is the you know you don't see them. 
because they're out in the wilderness. Uh, halflings are halflings think of the Hobbit. I think well, considering yep. that their place of origin is a really misspelled Shire, essentially. <laughs> it's totally What's it called? It's it's Shire. <laughs> is it Shire? It really, it really is. is. It really yeah. is. It's really funny. Um, is it is it East Hobbiton? It's um, just spelled well. The I don't know if they have like the actual towns within them the same, but the Shire it's just spelled differently. It's the exact same thing. It's really funny. It's kind of located similarly on the map too. Um, and then in Middle Toril, Mid and then you have humans, which you know we've kind of spoken. Humans are actually one of the original creator races. Uh, and they, they actually are pretty versatile. They, you know, they're humans. Humans are not really a lot of explanation needed there. Uh, dragon, I mean, like, eh. dragonborn, I think dragonborn is different than a half dragon, right? Yes. Okay. What is a dragonborn then? A dragonborn. Okay. Theoretically through the lore is some people believe they are when the original dragon god, the original one, got split in half and created, uh, what is it, Tiamat and I can't remember the bad guy one. Oh. What's um, the dragon, the bad guy dragon? But Tiamat anyway, was the bad one. Bad guy dragon, good, dra- good dragon. So the split there, and it was the blood, supposedly, that created the dragonborn. I have to look yeah. up. As far as what the name of the the dragon lords or whatever were, Tiamat's one of them, I think, and then somebody else. It's Tiamat and Bahamut, right? Yeah, Bahamut. Bahamut was the good one. Yeah, I just reversed them. Yeah, I was like, please tell me Tiamat is not the good one because that really makes me worried. We could talk about Grumish if you want. Oh, Grumish! I just had a run in with Grumish orcs. I feel like you're just mispronouncing Grimace. Yeah, <laughs> he he's he's not a happy person. I will give you that. Is he angry at the scram burglar? No, he's um, angry because he got his eye poked out. By oh. Corlon? Uh, yep, yeah. So they deny that. Who has a really messed up relationship with Lolf? Yeah, there's there's, there's kind of Elvin. A, Elven deity interactions are complicated <laughs> at best. Really <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, Dragonborn. So, yeah. <laughs> Before we go down that particular, I, I, um, oh god, yeah, Elven pantheon is just wonky. So, the Dragonborn are actually, um, are they the result of that split? Or how? What's what's the, what's the difference yeah. between a dragonborn and a half dragon? Is my question. I think, I think it's just era, like of when it okay. was made. Uh-huh. I don't, I don't think that they're two distinct things. Probably oh, okay. Not, considering that Eladrin and high elves are the same thing, they're just named differently. Okay, that makes more sense. Uh, let's see what we have: gnomes, which are your tinkerers and your mechanics. Um, they're kind of 
they're similar to halflings, except usually more mechanically inclined. Um, don't tell a, don't tell a halfling the, uh, that they're similar, but or yeah. a gnome. Don't tell either of them that they're similar. I think of the are they considered goblins in Harry Potter? The ones who run the bank. Oh I think yeah, of gnomes is kind of that kind of creature. Although their gnomes are much cuter than those guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then let's see. Then we have half elves, which are literally half elf, half human. Um, so you kind of not have, real well liked by either. Yeah, they're the they're the black sheep. Uh, well, they're the red redheaded stepchild, I guess. Really. Yeah. Um, but but they are liked better than the half orcs. Because, yeah. you know, those are half yeah, orcs. They, they have a rough. Um, and then Tiefling is the, technically it's what, planar touched? <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Tieflings aren't, are they exclusively evil in 5e? Mm, they, oh, I don't, in 5e, I don't know. They weren't in 4. You could play whatever. You could play a celestial Tiefling. You wanted. Well, you, we, they were infernal yeah. touched for sure. Oh, they were infernal, so they have to be infernal. Yeah. Yeah, but evil not necessarily. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <clears throat> so those are the base races in 5e. Um, and obviously, like as you can probably tell from the conversation, each edition kind of bounces over. Ever. as as the edition goes on like lengthwise as it keeps going and keeps going um you continue to see more races introduced uh that's one of the reasons why 3.5 was one of the reasons 3.5 was so cumbersome was because you had basically books and books of races that you could play um mm-hmm. same with classes classes was the exact same and then obviously each time they introduce new races or new classes into the game that changes every set of rules really and so you had to kind of that and then what happens is that's eventually reaches a point where it's critical mass and they they have to come up with a new edition which is where we get fourth edition um and then fourth edition was so bad that they came out with five edition fifth edition um wasn't third edition the time that you could literally take a monster from the monster manual and they showed you how to turn it into a playable class or yep. playable race? Uh, yeah, I can't remember if that was 3.0 or 3.5, but yes. I think it was 3.5. But yeah, three. I know in 3.5 you could because we did that before. Uh, you could do that with Blink Dogs. Ugh. Blink Dogs were amazing. Oh. And annoying as I'll get out for those people who were fighting the blink dog. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but uh, let's see. I'm trying to think. Uh, really, I mean, the the thing is about D and D is that the well, the challenge when you you know sit down and want to talk about like the history of D and D and stuff like that is there there are major major events that are kind of set in stone. I kind of picture D and D as a giant doctor who episode. There are, there are like, I mean, I mean, but think about it. There are things, there is, there are things that are set that you can't mess with, you know, like Carsis's folly. You can't mess with it, 
but the the minor details are completely up to the individual dm you know the spell plague you have the spell plague it it completely screwed up magic and everyone hated it and then the second sundering happened and everyone was really mad and time you know like the time of troubles that was a big thing it happened there was nothing really you could do about it now during that iteration and during that like that time in game um you could you could kind of tweak things like i know damo you and i were talking about you know one of your adventures was during time of troubles you know you you challenged your i think was it you that challenged your players to keep everyone alive yeah, they, well, they so usually when you run the time of troubles, the whole the whole purpose of the campaign becomes to find your way to godhood, right? But this particular group, when presented with the the problem of the gods being immortal and walking around, was that they had to, under all circumstances, protect them all until they could fix whatever this problem was. So it was like, I mean, they it was like a UN negotiation, basically. <laughs> Oh, like geez. the whole campaign. I don't I don't know that there was more than five or six fights in the whole campaign. It was all bureaucracy it was all, it was all sitting Bane. around. Bane was all of the fights. Bane was chained in a basement. That that was one of the big fights. I just love it. I'm kidding that was you. The first... They actually found a basement. <laughs> it's like the first question I had for you. Yeah. It's like how did you it was get Bane? A cellar. It was a cellar. Yeah. <laughs> Oh no! So so the the joke there is Bane, Bane is like, oh my god! I don't even. What is his portfolio now? Is it still? I mean, everything. Uh, it's everything nasty. That well, I mean, he is Bane back. I don't remember. I can't if, remember if he's back. I or think not. he's. I don't think he's back. I think he's still dead because Cyric got hit all of his. Oh, stuff. that's Cyric. Cyric did get all of his stuff. Yeah, but anyways, Bane was like. He was obsessed with the, the original the troublemaker. He, I mean, all the bad stuff, all the bad stuff. Yeah. And so, like the the joke there is like, anytime you wanted something peaceful, don't don't have Bane. Don't don't get Bane anywhere near yeah. it because he would just, screw it all just, up. Just put Bane in the corner. His <laughs> name literally means. <laughs> Yeah. The no. thing that which they're is your the- downfall. <laughs> yeah, no, no, they're, it, it they're was a little on the nose. <laughs> it was, it was exactly. Yeah, and he lived up to it. <laughs> Fear, Just hatred, tyranny, and um, yeah. Fear, hatred, and tyranny were his were his his big big his things. big deals. Ah, freaking Bane. <clears throat> and then mask, poor mask. Mask never really had a good. No, he no. Okay. Never got good for him. So, can can you guys explain something to me? I'm a little I'm a little confused. Okay. Um. Okay. So, D D in and of itself, from a from a game places standpoint, is somewhat of a tabletop RPG experience, right? Yeah. Yes. yes. You build your own character in like all these ways. Mm-hmm. Um. You you pick character classes and subclasses and all these things and attributes and you, you kind of build them up in a certain way to fulfill a certain role. Mm-hmm. Where do these, I guess, um, named characters, how do they fit in with this? Is this all in like, um, like expanded universe literature that you're, that you're getting all this from, or is this 
Like I'm just a little like in a video game, it would be like you would have your character, and then you would have cutscenes, but you don't have cutscenes. So it goes back and forth. Some characters will be introduced in the books and end up in the the role playing, and then vice versa too. Well, how do they show up in the role playing? Uh, you're that's what the job of the DM, the dungeon, yeah, the game master, or dungeon master, whatever you want to call them. They'll give you some good, you know, statistics and starting for it, but the rest is, yeah, as he says, up to. So there's like, there's like NPC dialogue that works its way, yes, into your into your role playing so, game. So like normally the setup is, um, normally the setup is if you're if you're let's just let's just make it simple. If you're at a table and you know you're playing a traditional tabletop role playing game. Um, usually what you're doing is you're, you're literally sitting around a table, hence, hence the name tabletop. Um, and you will have, you know, let's say you have five people, right? Four of those people, um, four of those people are what call what are called player characters. And those are actual people playing characters. The fifth individual is what's called the GM or the DM, uh, depending on the group that you're running with, there's different terms for it, but it's usually game master or dungeon master. Um, and that person has the job of facilitating the world. They, they play the world. They play everything outside of those characters, those four characters that are sitting in front of them. So any NPC, any in uh, monster, any like anything outside of those characters, they are playing that. So the DM usually has to be pretty well versed in what's going on um, in like the world around them. And, you know, and that's where like you get these situations where like you have these big these big events, these big uh, events. You have notable figures, you know, like Elminster for the Forgotten Realms is huge. He's he's everywhere. Um, Drizzt is everywhere. Um, But you have these big figures and that's where you, uh, you know, green was talking about one of those books called the dungeon master guide, uh, the DMG. That book is to the dungeon master. What your player handbook is to the players that tells you how to tell a story. And you, and that's, that's the thing to remember about role-playing games is that it really is. It's group storytelling. That's what you're doing. You're sitting down and you're actually engaging each other in the process of telling a story about the adventures of this group of travelers or warriors or mystics or whatever, whatever you're telling their story together. And that's, and, and that's the process. Um, and the DM kind of is the, they, they kind of fill the role of the filler and the background creator, you know, the the tone of the story, it comes from the DM usually. All that stuff comes from the DM. So when you're talking about NPCs, which are non-player characters, that's where that's where you get the DM. That's that's their job. Uh DMs are usually the world creators, the you know, the the town creators. That's why if you ever if you ever search for role-playing game tools, you're going to see, you know, pages and pages and pages of creator tools. You're like quick creator, name generators, town generators, world generators. I mean, anything out there you're going to have a generator for. And that's because as a DM, if you're running a game and so like, you know, when I run, when I run games, I will have a world, right? And you say, I want you, I'm, I'm planning on the group to go left, 
at the fork. But, you know, the group decides because they have free will that they're going to go right. Well, I don't have the I don't have that built. So as a DM, I need something that I can go and generate something on the fly for the group to experience. And often, to be honest, as a player and even as a DM, sometimes those are the best. Those are the best experiences is when you don't know what's going to like. No one knows what's going to happen next. So, Green, I know you had I know you wanted to jump in. Right. I what I love about being a DM, which is honestly the only way I've ever played Dungeons and Dragons. I've actually been a player in GURPS. I've never been a player in D&D. I've always been the person in charge of storytelling. And what I love about it is you can get as detailed as you want or you can be as freeform as you want. You could literally go in with notes and notes and notes, a book of notes of exactly what your world looks like and exactly what you're going to see around this next corner or you can go in with nothing and make it all up on the spot and you can make it work right it is completely up to you one of one of my one of my fondest memories was the group that i played with in high school um we we came up against so like we were we weren't like super low level but we were like level five level six um and we came up against a troll and trolls are just annoying in general. Like they're they they regenerate and they just don't die. They're basically giant tanks. And one of our rogues, because we had multiple rogues, one of our rogues decided that he was going to throw his lantern onto the troll because they're weak to fire. And this is where this is where the D20 will come in and bite you at to- at the worst time possible. Because he went to throw the flask of oil onto the troll and rolled a natural one, which is a Uh critical failure. And the DM, who was already kind of perturbed at this rogue, because um, long story short, the rogue had a bag of holding that we had jury rigged with traps and had to actually manage to capture one of the big NPCs that we were supposed to be fighting. We had actually trapped him inside the bag of holding. So it was a long, long campaign story, but we wouldn't let him out. So he just like we'd give him food and water and open the bag so he could breathe. But anyways, so he was already annoyed at this rogue. So he made him actually spill the oil on him. And the rogue's response without missing a beat was light himself on fire and run and give the troll a bear hug. And like in and like the thing is, is like, you know, retelling this, it's like, eh, whatever. But the actual like pro like when you're sitting at a table and the person is like having to react in real time to these these just like atrocious yeah pins and chat roll a one when swinging a magical sword it's never a good thing um but like the reaction like the face and the like i mean it's just the adrenaline rush is huge and it's just you're laughing you're having a you know the best time in the world and then people do like crazy stuff i mean uh AD&D, we used to be able to sneak attack with ballista weapons. That was a really bad idea on the rule writer that we abused significantly. Um, you know, we snuck attack with a rogue. We threw a rogue as a weapon one time. That was fun. Oh, oh no. We also fed a rogue. We fed a rogue to a land shark, and he snuck attack from inside his stomach. That was, that was another... No! Thing. Yeah, because... A sneak attack in AD&D was, you're not suspecting it. 
<laughs> the rogue was like, well, you wouldn't expect the attack from the stomach. He, and yeah. he hadn't technically died yet. And he hadn't technically died do yet, you, right, yeah. Do you have to yell sneak attack? Because uh, I feel like that's the, integral to of, this whole process. You can. Like, I mean, it's just so, I mean, that's what seriously, I would the, the crazier the idea for D&D the crazier the idea, the just the better the memories in my. Even if it doesn't work, I mean, half the time it's just the the idea of like something so insanely bizarre, and then and then when it does work, you're like, yes, you know, you you're just I I don't know I I can't explain that in words. It's like the 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 rush of not only did you come up with a harebrained scheme, you actually managed to pull it off. So. I, I the don't. easiest and the best memories in D anD D come from the stupidest ideas. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that that is a that is a true true statement. Justin, what I'm what I'm hearing right now is that we really need to get you to play a game of D anD D. Sounds like if I knew, like, is there an adapter for my controller? Like, does it? <laughs> Like, no. Justin, I can tell you, yeah. you already have all the skill set you'll ever need. <laughs> so I know how to shoot. You know how to talk. <laughs> all right. That's nice. So it's like a game of telephone. Exactly. Yeah, Except yeah it actually. It's <laughs> just back and forth. We're going to have to record that if we ever get it done someone told me the other day they were like i was like i'm doing a, I'm doing a uh a, a podcast about D and i i like i have no idea about it i've never played it before and they were like oh my god i'm so done with you and i was like why and they're like you're even bad at being a nerd and i was like this is this is highly offensive <laughs> And yet, <laughs> no, I will. I'll come to justice with this, with this one. There are different types of nerds. You do not have to be a D and D nerd. No, but you should have at least tried it. Yeah. I Demo, real Demo, Demo's not backing backing down there. <laughs> I struck a real chord with Blue there. I love that. You're even bad at being a nerd. And I was like, but I'm, I, I might be. I'm not <laughs> sure. I don't know. Oh, but yeah, no, what you're, what you're describing to me sounds really fun. It really sounds to me like the game is almost, and, and don't, don't just attack me here, demo, but um the game in certain instances is almost inconsequential. It's more about who you play yep. with. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh, actually. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you don't, and the, that's the thing is like, I've played, I've played D and D I played, well, I've played a lot of different RPGs and like, it doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't matter what game with RPGs and like tabletops in general. Um, the group is the group is like 95 if not 100% the the making or breaking of the game like you can have i mean the, going back to AD&D Faco which is 
Mm. I mean, no, I mean, right, right. No, but I mean, my case in point, Thacko is that 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 exasperation. But you know what? We played it every month. Yep. For like, I I don't even know how many years we played AD and D for every month, and it wasn't because we loved the game. I'm God, we hated that game. Like if you if you asked anyone who actually sat down and played AD and D. It was not because of the love of the game, well, for most of them. It was not, I know, a few people who did actually enjoy AD&D, and I think they're kind of odd. But, like, the majority of people did not enjoy, like, the mechanics of AD&D. No, they got together because they wanted to hang out with their friends and have an excuse to spend, I mean, we played, geez, like, 10, 12-hour games when we were when we were playing that, and it was it was an absolute blast like i would not have traded that for anything for I, sure i mean i think demo probably would agree i think demo would agree with that for sure yeah now and, it, there is a dark side or dark history to dnd unfortunately but uh, luckily i don't think we've had any issues i haven't heard of any issues in a long time well, but, and I mean, and, and I'm assuming you're talking about the whole satanic obsession. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So here's here, you know, and here's here's my response to that. I actually did. I actually um, did some research on this one when I was in high school because you know it was it was a big it was a big thing even then. Uh, you're right. It's not like a huge. It's not like a huge thing anymore. It's still kind of around a little bit, but not not nearly as bad as it was when I think what was that like ten years ago, twelve years ago. Um, but the thing is, is that it was just like most of the other like social scares of that nature. Um, a lot of time, and I mean, it was just like when you see people blaming. Uh, you know, back when people blamed school shootings on first person shooters or, you know, mm-hmm. you know, anything like that. It, it, I'm not going to say that there wasn't ever like cases where that could have happened, but the volume was not as significant as many people would lead people to believe. You know, it, it wasn't. <laughs> Just right. The other side of that that I remember is they had a talk about uh, mental disorders. Yes, uh, there was a lot of um, psychological things. They said that people who play D and D would have um, disassociative identity disorder, which is which is not stupid. Yeah, yeah. well, I was gonna I was gonna say as a person who did like a lot of and actually one of our really good friends, Infirm Age. Uh, actually did a bit of re- I think his one of his theses was actually on the the healing factors of role playing with regards to mental illness and how um and and even in uh even in clinical studies today uh, especially with this clinical studies today you have instances of not D&D not D&D but role playing Role playing has become an acceptable clinical approach to uh, deal with issues. Uh, people with, you know, let's just go to the extreme of agoraphobia. Uh, one of the best ways to get people with agoraphobia to kind of 
to a functioning standpoint, because I mean, the thing with agoraphobia, anything with any phobia is arguably you're not going to get rid of it, but to get them to a functioning standpoint is to role play situations in which they can, they can quote experience, they can experience a situation that would normally cause them extreme amounts of stress in a in a context in which they are 100% safe. Uh, you even have this in education today. You have a lot of role-playing with the counseling. Um, and actually, I think if I'm remembering right, you actually have some light... I don't think it's D... I don't know if it's D&D, but you have light fantasy role-play in some classrooms. Oh, yeah. Um, it's been It's been used in everything. There's books about it. There's, I took a class in college about uh, stage fright in mm-hmm. particular. And mm-hmm. one of the ways that you practice, athletes practice this way, you put yourself in a mental state where you're actually going through the motions in your mind of exactly what you want to do in that situation. So it helps prepare your brain. It's creating those pathways before you get to that situation. So you're able to co- cope with it much more easily. Right. Because you, I mean, you, you, you have, because, <clears throat> uh, uh, experientially you've already experienced it. You just haven't physically experienced it, but your mental state is like it. It's the same thing as muscle memory. Your, your, mm-hmm. your habitual build is if you've, if you've put yourself through the motions enough time, you're not going to freak out about that. And so that's, that's where the role-playing concept actually is very, very useful. It actually does the exact opposite of all these things that a lot of people were claiming back, you know, 10, 15 years ago, um, it, it actually solidifies the person usually, um, instead of fragmenting the personality because you're playing quote unquote, you know, fantasy, whatever. Uh, it also presents a healthy way to live out, uh, desires or social inclinations that would not be healthy. Uh, you get that in role play. Uh, D and D is a prime example of that with regards to the combat, you know, it's not like you can just run down the corner of the, you know, the corner store and go on an adventure and kill goblins. That's not something that happens. Um, whereas within D and D that's exactly what you sit down with a group of friends and you're in a safe environment and you can do these like crazy things. And yes, there sometimes can be crazily violent things. Again, this is completely dependent on the DM. We have, I mean, Damo was just saying that as well. There's been games that I've played that there isn't an ounce of combat. It's all role play. Mm -hmm. And there are games that I've played where there is no role play. It is all hack and slash. Like the group that you play with sets the tone. The DM definitely sets the tone. I mean, I, I don't I don't know what else to really say. It's it's a safe way to experience these things in which they they don't harm other people if done correctly. I mean, it's just like everything else. I mean, mm-hmm. if you abuse it, then yes, it's not it's it's not healthy. But if you don't abuse it, it's actually pretty healthy for people. It's not necessarily escapism. It's not, it's, it's a way for a lot of people to actually get over some of their own fears. Mm -hmm. Uh, A friend of mine who actually introduced me 
two role-playing games actually had not as much problem talking with women as like Raj from Big Bang Theory, but I think he actually was fibbing a little bit and he was nearly that bad but he would able he was able to actually work with girls in a game setting because he put himself in a different mindset that he's not this person he's Fagna rock or whatever his character name was at the time she's actually talking about me <laughs> are you important i have a hard time talking to people yeah, we've noticed. We've noticed. <laughs> no, I definitely get the I get the whole point of um an avatar softening the blow because people are so super superficial that the they're gonna judge your avatar or your <laughs> character presentation. They're not gonna judge you. Um because that's the superficial presentation they're presented with. Um and um, it actually takes some of the sting away of meeting new people. Yeah. And actually it lets gives, you know why there's like a million people playing destiny. Well, and you know, within regards to D and D and, you know, forgotten realms and all that um, it actually, it actually introduces a safe context in which to meet people. So, I mean, you get the stereotypical tabletop player, right? The stereotypical tabletop player is usually not very, not very developed socially. Uh, is the this popular, you know, I would almost claim false stereotype. But okay, let's go with that. Let's run with that idea. Um, if that's actually the case, then this is actually a very good tool to help those people actually get out and meet more people who are just like them. And hey, guess what? You know, the easiest way to make friends is have something in common that you're both passionate about. Introduce role-playing. Introduce tabletop games. And I mean, geez, you have any doubt about this? Go look at Magic the Gathering. You know, Magic the Gathering was a huge, huge thing. And there were tournaments freaking... When I was in high school, there were tournaments for Magic every day. It felt like every day, um, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just, yeah, it just, I don't know. It, I mean, it's just one in role playing, you know, hurt, hurt actually just said this in chat and it's a very, very good point. Even if you don't use tabletop or video games, like even if you just are, you know, just doing this, you can do role playing and it. And it also from a D and D standpoint, if you're the DM, this teaches a really, really useful skill. And that's world building. World building is immensely important because it actually encourages the imagination. Um, it pushes your your imaginative boundaries. It's like, you know, hey, you want to create a world that is, I don't know, um, not anything like Earth. You know, I mean, Justin, you're going to recognize some of these. You, you would recognize some of these worlds because they're exactly kind of some of the things that come out of like Heinlein. You know, some of these, some of these domains, yes. right. But I mean, but you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, some Heinlein, Heinlein created crazy worlds, you know? Yeah. And, and the thing is, is like that there is nothing really out there in today's world that teaches that anymore. You know, there's no, there's no class that, you know, formally teaches you how to world build in that nature. D and D does. And actually DMG like, like handholds you through the entire process. 
A lot of writers in Hollywood play Dungeons oh, yeah. and Dragons or a form of role playing game. I mean, that's how they. Is that like a focus group? It kind of is. Yeah. I, I could definitely see like um, a lot of how it could be a useful tool for storytelling, right? I mean, on a on a broader scale, right? And then and then you have you have people like Critical Role who are voice actors. Voice actors will play this, and it's I mean they're they're dev- if you have not seen Critical Role, I encourage you to go fix that problem immediately because it's hilarious and extremely well done, but. All the people playing that are voice actors from video games. Uh, uh, Mercer, the yeah. the DM, is actually in Destiny. Uh, right. Grog and is it not not Vax or Vex? So, just so you guys know, a little known fact about Blue, you will not actually like physically see Blue fanboy a whole lot, like you will see me. Um. Critical Role, Geek and Sundry. <laughs> these are. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to these meet are times when you will see. I got yeah, to meet yeah, him. and and I can remember the the conversation oh, we had I'm after jealous. you did. Yeah, I know. I was like, like on cloud um, nine. Yeah, so like these are these are Blues Idols. So just, these these guys these are really good are shows. Check amazing. these guys out. We should link them in the post show. Lord, yeah. Although if you're watching Lord. us and then finding your way to them, I think you're doing it backwards. <laughs> 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 Definitely, Laura Bailey, and was who is uh, yeah, she's pretty awesome. Wife, she's pretty <laughs> yeah. awesome. Well, and Ky- is it Kylie? Yeah, Kylie, who plays Kayla. Kylie's Flake. awesome. Yeah, Matt's well, Matt's probably my favorite though. Well, the fun Matt's the fun I fact I don't know I don't know anything about the game, but that dude's hilarious. Yeah, the fun the fun fact about uh, Laura and Travis is they're married, and they are both in Halo Five. One of them is on blue team and one of them's on, or one of them's on noble team. The other one plays, uh, on Osiris. So nice. Travis, Travis is Frederick in on noble team. And Fred. Laura no. is, um, is she Laura? I can't, I can't remember which one she plays on Osiris. It's the diplomat. I can't remember the the character's name, but yeah. So there, I made I made a joke when that first came out. I was like, oh, so it's actual red versus blue in your house. That might be so, interesting. Fun fact: the only way you get to be on Team Osiris and not have me think bad thoughts about you is if is if you're Buck. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, it's like I'm on Team Osiris. Oh, you piece of! I was Buck. I could see that. <laughs> Insert whip noise. That's the only way you get to be on Team Osiris. Fire <laughs> Team Osiris. Speaking back to your kind of talk about critical role, there's so many podcasts out there now. I know I actually really enjoy doing. Um, listening to Critical Hit, which was a podcast put out of here in Kansas, oh, yeah, even, yeah. which was a lot of fun. And they did a whole campaign in fourth edition. And I listened through three seasons of that. And there's so many things out there that you can go and find and listen to and enjoy somebody else's storytelling and these people just acting essentially and creating their own worlds. It's, it's good. All the shenanigans are fun. 
Well, that's what that's what D and D always boils down to is who comes up with the craziest ideas, and then the cherry on top again is does it work? <laughs> it does. Does that actually work? And that's that's kind of the 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 cherry on top of everything is I came up with this insane idea and then we pulled it off. Or the room of skeletons just exploded and stabbed everybody to death. I mean, Mm -hmm. you never know what you're going to get. Diplomacy. You never know. It might work. Can you diplomacy a horse? Yeah. My, my, my DMs hate me because I'm like diplomacy. No, but it might work. Or history check. Or history. Oh, God, history checks. Mm-hmm. But would my character know this? <laughs> well, that was one of one. So the fifth edition game that we're playing right now, my character just gained a uh, keen mind, which is basically, hey, I have eidetic memory. If I see it, oh. I remember it. <laughs> our, DM, our DM's like, what I just understood is I'm just going to give you all the notes for the flavor text. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You can just keep them. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm not going to read them. I'm not going to reread them for everyone to remember. So I will what's accept your this. favorite memory demo in a game that you guys had? It really was that UN game of, <laughs> of inter-deity peace relations. <laughs> Running that, like, and I had to run that. It was, like, that's the first time a campaign idea has ever backfired that hard because I had to do so much work. <laughs> prepping i mean i had to set up un meetings literally mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's funny but they were really they were like um up meetings right because they were like united planes or were they actually well no because it was basically all of the gods were realms? stuck on the time of troubles was ao got upset at the the way the deities were behaving they didn't really care about their followers they were just kind of pursuing personal stuff and so he kicked them all out of heaven and on to the mortal plane to live as mortals Extremely powerful mortals, but still mortals. Which is obviously, that where primordials came from? No, that's a whole different mm-hmm. thing. But basically, all the gods. Dang were- it! I missed the whole <laughs> point of this show. That's the one thing I wanted to learn. <laughs> what, what primordials were? Yeah. Well, anyway, so they were all walking around. The demo was just like, yeah, nice. Anyways, uh, if they died, they blew up nuclear style and took out everything around them so it was a big deal and the the the, the general it thing sounds, the players, it sounds like a big deal <laughs> the players wanted would want to become gods right because there was all this godly power flowing around but these guys had none of it they they were getting every single god back into heaven <laughs> without any deaths <laughs> oh man I, I just remember talking to you about that and it was like that is an interesting take on that our, our, that entire game setting. our sweet and youthful and innocent priestess character by the end she was commanding a literal cleansing of the zentarum keep that's understandable that's completely understandable <laughs> like, she, she was a frothing crusader by the end of it <laughs> uh, oh man <clears throat> well I, i've never seen never, never seen, seen more dust of people <laughs> before i mean to the ground that whole place everybody (laughs) oh man i believe her exact words were as an example to our enemies (laughs) (laughs) so green has just forwarded me the cliff notes on (laughs) final warriors and said 
Take good noob and just read it. I didn't say that. I just yeah. I just well, that's the, that's the face your avatar's making. <laughs> the face is your avatar's making. Is it? Does my avatar look like that? That get good. You're quite get sassy. Good <laughs> quite sassy. sassy. I'm still repping that galleon up in this house. Okay, so you guys, I'm done wrecking this. Roll, roll the yeah. shout outs. Let's final final comments. Shout outs. Uh-huh. Demo, you wanna you got any shout outs for us? Uh Rabbit Hole Radio. My home away from home. The Cheater. spin foil. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then Green, how about you? Uh we are starting Gunslinger. And I'm already confused. Good. But, oh, is that a is that, that a uh Dark Tower thing? Yep. It is. It's the book. Is it club. the first? It is. This is the first one. It's I should really catch up. I'm yeah, gonna go out and buy a Dark Tower this week you really because should. I just saw who's gonna be in the movie and it mm-hmm. really interested me. <laughs> oh, that trailer! Don't, don't some of the visuals in that trailer. Oh god, I did uh, see. No I did see the belt loading trick that you were talking about. You you, you cut. You oh saw it. My it's god! It's see so those nice. those. That scene and then the scene where he's just like pouring, pouring them oh into the, the cylinder as it's moving. Those were the scenes that I was talking yeah, about. That, that makes those sense. are the ones. Those are the ones where I was like, wow, that is exactly what I saw in my head when I right, was talking right. about the way he reloaded. Yeah, no, I, I, so I agree. All I had there. to see was uh, all I had to see was Matthew McConaughey and Andrew Selba. <laughs> I was like, I mean, I don't care what the movie's about. I'm not even a particularly huge McConaughey fan, but I think. Oh, yeah, brother. You've got to live. L I V E. Yeah, no, that's, he's he's <laughs> got uh, a lot of people were really nervous about hit about his character right there, but well, why? He's because, playing like he's playing Stephen King's like most okay. definitive single character. So yeah, go and watch him in season one of True Detective. He's so good. I, I just think it was it, there's a certain crazy. nature to the role that I think people were very concerned about, and it is like it's not even just the the biggest character in the Dark Tower series; it's the biggest character in I mean everything. most of his books. So is he? Like, is he everything? No, 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 no. He's, he's the Man in Black. Yeah, Randall Flag. Okay. Johnny Cash. No Flag. He's he's if he's not the villain in most Stephen King books, then he's in charge of whoever that villain mm-hmm. is. Okay, he's he like the Nick the Fury devil. of villains. I guess the worst. He's worse than the devil, is what he's described as. And he's not. Well, never mind. Spoilers, yeah. but. <laughs> Which, by the way, I have a question for you after show too, because there was a there was a line in the trailer that I was like, eh, that's not accurate, but I don't think so. Uh, Blue yeah, quit pooping on movies. About. Just be happy no, they're making no, movies no. about your books. We're not we're not pooping. It's uh, we've both gotten to the point I think where we're excited. Like this is somewhat going to be a retelling, and the way they describe that will only make sense after you've read all the books. Right, right, right. right. So I'm not going to go into it, but that makes this make sense that they're telling it a different way. Oh yeah, no, no, no. That that totally. I don't have a problem with that because the the spoiler that he tweeted out last year with the horn yeah. made. I mean that that blew everyone's mind. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Justin, shout outs. Oh, wow. So many shout outs. Um, first of all, 
before I do anything else, got a straight up shout out. <laughs> State of California. Bungie. All the people who made this possible. I'm going for you, Ma. So I'm talking, not not Redneck Ma, but yeah. Uh, so, so. I love um, that you had to distinguish that. Yeah. I was going for my actual mother. No, um, I, was, I was really confused. It's like, all right, Ryan so, getting a shout out here. Yeah, yeah. Ryan always gets a shout out every single time. Redneck Ma, check him out. Ryan on the Ma. Um, but uh, no, no, I just wanted to to take a little a little brief moment here and actually shout out my 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 usual um, co-hosts here. Um Blue Crew 86 and Green Eyed Music Lover, both of them amazing. And also um, Wind of the Stars, Mel, who couldn't be here with us tonight. But um, all of them conspired to to let me go to L.A. and somehow represent us as a group. I kind of think this is some, some bad decision making on their part, but <laughs> I'm super excited. I don't know if you can tell. Um there's but a yeah, reason just, you're going with Belle. She's going to take <laughs> care of you. Yeah. <laughs> but I just wanted to say again, uh, big thanks to Blue and Green because um, they do a whole bunch of the work that makes this thing happen. And, um, you know, I just, I'm just continually in awe that they let me show up every week, especially to talk about things I know nothing about. <laughs> and um, it, it just, it just really speaks to, something poor judgment or some sort of um passing you know like our fondness of you misplaced affection for me i don't know i don't know what it is but whatever it is i hope it keeps coming um also great big shout out to damo for joining us for the D chat couldn't be a D chat without damo telling me i'm dumb and um uh also Great big shout out to uh, some of our recent guests, Bife, um, and all the fun shows we've had here lately. I mean, it's been great. And also Twitch affiliation. I don't even know. I'm just going to keep talking. I'm excited. <laughs> Where do I put my hands? <laughs> Where do I put my hands? Well, There's bits and chits and invites <laughs> from Bungie. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> It's a brave new world we live in, and I'm just going to try to function semi-functionally. Take it away, Damo. I already did mine. Okay, you do two years again, so I don't look stupid. I'm not going to do that, Dave. All right, so the next topic, uh, like we said at the intro, is going to be Titanfall. So please be sure to send us any thoughts or questions or opinions on that series uh, to our email or jump into the discord and make sure to make, you know, have a couple comments there so that we can catch them that way. But yeah. And like Justin kind of said, uh, big, big thank you to Bungie and to Activision for inviting us out. Um, and then also a huge shout out to Twitch for the affiliation. Uh, we actually also, I published, I didn't really even think about this. I published the episode, well, it's not really an episode, but the stream that we did with the Dames of Destiny and the Safe Gamers uh, a couple weeks and weekends ago, and it was called the Ladies of Light. Um, and that actually pushed us over 100 episodes 
on Podbean. So we don't nice. have you'll you'll probably notice this on Friday when we do the live stream. It's gonna be episode eighty four, so that might be a little confusing. But we have um we have different episodes like different series running. So we actually have a hundred episodes on Podbean. So that was that was an interesting thing for us to to, to achieve i was not expecting that today and i was like oh thank you to everyone oh wow we have everyone. we actually have you you have listened to us for 100 episodes and we really appreciate that by um, the way i accidentally after you did that show i accidentally popped in the private show chat and there was all this new stuff in there that i wasn't privy to i was like what has happened <laughs> I, I completely forgot that you were doing the show, the Dame Show. <laughs> I was like, "What fresh hell is this? Um, Why are there snake people in here?" Uh huh. <laughs> well, let's run. Let's run through the outro real quick, and then we'll stick around for a short after show. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. Links to all our other sites can also be found with our episode archives over on www.focusfirechat.com. Thank you again, Damo, for jumping into the chat. We really appreciate having you, and we'll be sure to get those links for you up in our show notes for anyone who wants to continue chatting with you about tonight's topic. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any feedback or questions for our team concerning the podcast, and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback on iTunes as well. Remember that we try to stream a recap of the month-long extra lore conversations in the first week of each month, but... If we have any variations, we always make sure to let everyone know through our Twitter account at FocusFireChat. Also, be sure to check out our partner podcast within the Guardian Radio Network over on TheGuardiansOfDestiny.com. So, until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright. Hey, Blue, I was just wondering, um, you may say no, but, you know, I've got to ask because you, you can't win the can't win the raffle if you don't buy a ticket. Um, can I have intro music tonight? Can you have intro music tonight? Yeah, like special intro music that I pick. Why? <laughs> this is making me really nervous. <laughs> well, just before... Just before you say yes or no, can you just want to hear it? Yeah, let's let's that hear probably it. helps. Yeah, probably <laughs> helps the decision. Yes. <laughs> okay. Since okay. I've heard very go. few things that ominous. Yeah. Here you go. Yeah. California. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is happening. Will this right work? Now. <laughs> gonna make it rain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you do. No. Oh, okay. On. Obviously, that's not going to make the show, but. <laughs> <laughs>
but all right can you cut it down to like 10 seconds i can cut it down to however long you want okay like i can i can i can cut it up to first california knows how to party (laughs) 